Hi everyone, uh, Miss Caleb here once again, um, leading the Building Bite podcast, and I'm here with Yao and Poga. Yeah, so um, for this week, we want to start with um, a friend we lost um, during the week. Um, an amazing friend who joined us at MES, being selected as part of the um, 50 plus, uh, yeah, about 51 people from Ghana, Nigeria. To, uh, aspiring entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs to pass of the MES program. And I mean, it was, it was a lovely friend, one of the curious cats as a developer. Yeah. Uh, he's just, I mean, you, you just couldn't do anything to help him or make him sad. Yeah. Like he was always smiling. Always smiling. Always happy. Uh, always trying to like engage in something. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was his mentor. I, I know, he calls everybody a mentor. Yeah. Uh, mentor Alex, mentor mentor Poga, mentor Poga, mentor yeah. And I think I remember one of the fun times. I think we were doing this. Um, is it ninth? I think it was one of my comedy nights, and he was a rapper for okay. the evening. <laughs> yeah, he was a rapper for the evening. Yeah, he came to give us some hip hop rap and all that. I mean, it's, it's it's it was sad getting to know that he, he passed on. But we pray to rest in peace. I know, yeah, um, yeah Puga, we want to add one or two things to it about um, Adeshola. Um, I, I think he was a good fellow. I mean, for we're in the same apartment. I mean, every time you see him, you, you have a reason to smile. You can't you can't pass by him without smiling. And it's sad that we lost him. Uh, wherever he is, I mean, may so rest in perfect peace. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, moving on to how our week went. Um, I know Puga, you're not feeling well. I'm supposed to start with mine, but I'm starting with you. So, how was your week? Um, it's been interesting. I mean, I wasn't feeling well before, but I mean, now I'm feeling better now. Yeah, I'm feeling great, especially today. I mean, it's, I don't know, some newfound joy has come upon me today. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I found joy from yeah. that. Um, he's been work, work, work all over. Um, but yeah, I mean, that has been my week. Just working, not feeling good, and not feeling great. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, what about you? How was your week? Uh, this week was a very interesting one. Well, let's say the week before, and then this week was a very interesting one. Uh, I met uh, some of my colleagues who've been working for over a year, the first time in person. Okay. We, are, we all live in Accra, and it's, it, was, it was a nice experience meeting them. And I mean... On, on work, which is product design, still a lot of things that we are doing there and on nobody too. I mean, in terms of the licensing, we are making progress here and there. Yeah. Great, great. So for me, I think this week, I, 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 didn't, see, I didn't see myself like doing much, but yeah, it was much. I think from nine to five, we were still working on onboarding like our new portfolio companies. Um, a landlord, I didn't do much, just trying to watch what's going on in the system. And I came across some interesting news that <laughs> someone is investing $85 million into Lance Commission. Mm. And I'm wondering if you have $85 million to invest in Lance Commission way. No shit on Lance Commission, but I, I mean, it's no, you don't invest in Lance Commission. Only to see um, Bryce Simmons, and Bryce Simmons is one of like, that's this um, provocators, he calls himself. Highlighting about the company that the company, the UK firm, doesn't hasn't even performed certain transactions in a long while and it's run by a Ghanaian academician in the UK. So it's interesting where the eighty five million dollars is going to come from. But we know um what God cannot do, 
That's not easy. Civilization. <laughs> but there are things God can do. He'll do everything. Yeah, uh, empty account, $85 million. God, do something with me. <laughs> so what happened in tech? Yeah, okay, so I think we'll start with the fact that Ashasi and uh, Letiat and one other Italian studio they are putting up together one of Ghana's as a Ghana's first formal game development program, and it's going to run on Ashasi campus. I think for a while now, Letty Art led by Iram, they put they really put in a lot of effort in terms of advocating and then letting people know about the African gaming industry and taking it to the next level of training people formally. I mean, this is not the first time they are doing training programs, but this is like a formal training program. So I feel like it's, it's, it's a very good thing that that's happening in the ecosystem. And for a long while, I've not had such... such Collaborations. Yeah, such collaborations, mm-hmm. especially academia and then industry, the technology industry. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And the next big thing, I want you to handle that. So uh, Complete Farmers raised 1.3... 10.4... Million dollars. Million dollars. You were there for their opening of their office. I mean, yeah. sorry. So, um, Complete Pharma, um, a Ghanaian tech company, a Greek tech company, uh, raised 10.4 million earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And they announced it with the launch of, or the opening of their new office mm-hmm. at airport, airport area, airport residential area. Yeah, I mean, quite a nice office, nice um, products they are building. They launched about four products. Okay. Um, Interesting additions to the to the team, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think from the info I realized the, I mean the publication they sent out, they announced, or they spoke about their revenue. That was like twenty twenty one. They had performed, let me see, I think two point one million dollars from twenty twenty one. Yeah, two point one million dollars from twenty twenty one. Revenue in in revenue okay. in revenue, and they were on their way to. And I think in 2021, $2.1 million, 2022, $2.8 million, 2021, $5.3 million, 2022. And they're on their way to making $7.5 million, 2023. That's like a significant growth in revenues. Knowing that... Even during COVID, they're making huge sums of... Yeah, actually, the, the, the business became much of a business during COVID. Okay. So 2021 was like their major year. Wow. I think that's why they didn't announce anything. They didn't talk about anything before 2020 because the business started in 2017. Mm-hmm. But it was 2021 that 2020 was when it started catching fire. Okay. So they announced their 2021, $2.8 million, like your first good year. Yeah. $2.8 million. Your second, $5.3 million. And your third, $7.5. That's significant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, Desmond, I remember I met Desmond too at the event <laughs> and he mentioned he enjoyed our last episode. Yeah. So in case we are, we are not mentioning numbers right, you can just um, send us a message and inform us. We'll be glad to. Yeah. Talk about. Yeah. But, um, well, what's your current um, business module now? Because before anybody could sign up and invest um, some, you know, amount in a piece of land, I think something grow for me is still doing, but I, I don't think it's possible to do it on complete farmer now. Are they moving from that part or they're still on that part? Yeah, so that's where they transitioned, I think, from 2020 coming. Because they realized that um, that model wasn't working for them. And it has maybe been improved in Nigeria, like companies like Farm Crowdy, Driver Greek, mm. and a few others all have been trying that model, but now they're all pivoting to the buyer to farmer to buyer model. But for, for complete what farmer. So the 
connect the farmer to the buyer to markets market, yeah. yeah, to the buyer but with complete farmer they target large companies actually like global companies let me say i mean bigger companies for a company like agrinova where i know the founder i know the company they target more of like localized selling so okay. like if it's a poultry file you can just dial a short code and buy it from it but for complete farmer if they are bulky stuff so containers being shipped like maybe uk okay. and being sold in walmart or evergreens or walgreens or those those companies so that's that's the that's the model from small to bigger corporations. But in their products that they are launching, I think there's a feature for you to even be like a small buyer wherever you are. I mean, they had that before, okay? So yes, yeah, so like they have, they, have, they, have, they have time to bring back because for some time they're just doing the direct to organizations. But Grow for Me is still doing that. But that, Complete Farmer is not doing um, crowdfunding. They're not doing. They were doing crowdfunding. No, they are not doing crowdfunding. It's just disappointing. It's not disa- It's not disappointing. Because I, I think they mentioned that they mentioned that in the article, that crunch article, that there was something either crowdfunding was either difficult, it wasn't a sustainable business, which has been confirmed by Farm Crowdy Tribe Agri. And for a company like Tribe Agri, Tribe Agri is in Nigeria. When they pivoted to the farmer to buy, the farmer to buy a thing, the company came back to life because it was actually collapsing when they were running the crowdsourcing thing. Was collapsing, but when they came back to this one, I think for the crowdsourcing thing, there are lots of work into it, like managing a farm. I mean, they're still managing the farm, but I think maybe the farms will be coming in in smaller bits as compared to you know getting a big off taker or a big buyer to just get the products. But it's still the same, you manage the farm, you know, it's the whole work but on the other they, side. No, they, the they allow like the farmers to have like they have they allow the farmers to run their farms and they just um give them like support whether it's um, inputs or it's even advice, which one, some of the farmers, they have like videos of some of the farmers talking about is how those things have like, have impacted their lives. Yeah. Anyway. So and another thing is on Turaco acquiring a micro insure Ghana yeah. to deepen the affordable insurance coverage across Africa. Yeah, I know if you have anything to ask. Honestly, uh, before this news, I didn't know there was a company called Micro Insure. But I knew them. I think I thought to do they started those small small insurance. Small small insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're one of the pioneers with right. Bima. Bima. Okay, yeah. Bima. Okay. Yeah, Bima. They're one of the cool. So they got they got something acquired. Did they mention any money? There, there wasn't any mention of any any amount. No amount was disclosed. I mean, it's a Ghanaian team. <laughs> no amount was disclosed. And one last thing that happened, last thing that happened in tech is Kojo Sheldon has launched a, a new digital media company, uh Kojo Sheldon Studios. I think this is this is a big thing. In my in my opinion, it's a big thing because uh he's one of the OMG mafias mafias and going on to launch uh, a new tech, a new media company, which is I mean widely their content is widely, widely, widely consumed. And they are also leading the waves in terms of our pop culture. I mean the bars, everywhere you go, you're hearing bars, my nigga, bars, my nigga. It's a good thing. And I think they are actually trying to streamline. Their, their projects and then their content is a good thing for the new media space. Yeah. Great. Great. So, um, the major conversation for today <laughs> is a Ghanaian founder's dream. Yeah. She even qualified like Ghanaian tech founder, just Ghanaian founder's dream. Uh, let's see. It's a Ghanaian founder's dream. Okay. Yeah, Ghanaian founder's dream. So, um, I think the Ghanaian founder's dream or the Ghanaian dream. I think we start with Ghanaian founder, but we come down to the Ghanaian dream. Yeah. And we know like countries like America have have had this whole idea of like the American dream, the American dream. 
and some many have testified of it that it works it, it brings them success it makes things possible for them mm-hmm. they're able to take on the world and and all that and we asked ourselves um what's the Ghanaian what's the Ghanaian dream what's the Ghanaian dream we we got to I mean watch some videos from some TEDx um from TEDx talk with one Terry Afram former MD of Jumia Foods then um Yao Pebi also shared some part of Dr. Yao Pebi also shared some part of the Ghanaian dream. I know Yao, you can come in on this. So, uh, I mean, if you ask the typical Ghanaian, what's the Ghanaian dream? For most of them, it's like there's no dream, honestly. But maybe before we start with like generalizing, mm-hmm. you can give the general context, then we can come to ourselves. What's the Ghanaian dream? Okay, so looking at the two items that you just mentioned from the TEDx and then Yao Pebi, I'll start with Yao Pebi soon. So, with Yao Pebi's uh, publication on what the Ghanaian dream is, he had a conversation with his driver and then uh, he was leaving the country. The driver was driving him to the airport and then he asked the driver he, if he would want to live with him. And then the driver said, Charlie, if I leave, I'm not coming back. And it was actually a reflection moment for him mm-hmm. in the sense that he's had a lot of conversations with young people and it appears that the Ghanaian dream is actually to leave Ghana. And from his analogy, it's not, a ba- it's not an entirely a bad thing in the sense that even if you leave, I mean, you come back, I mean, you, there's, there's, if you leave, there's, there are higher chances of you succeeding, but should that be the case? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the next question. And then from Terry's, Terry Afram's, uh, Terry's talk, for him, he thinks most of what we see or what we think is the Ghanaian dream is borrowed from what the African, or for the, what the American dream is. And which is that, I mean, there's opportunity for everybody, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not based on your class. It doesn't based on your background. Anybody can succeed provided, I mean, there's a, a level playing, playing ground for everybody. So that is like what's the internet or what is perceived to be the Ghanaian dream. I mean, there are two sides to leave the country and also to create a very enabling environment, a playing field where everybody can actually Coming. thrive. Okay, so um, Puga, from your upbringing, from your experience, what do you think has what do you think a Ghanaian, the Ghanaian dream had been or had, had been? So um, I just take um, take it from a little bit of where you um, you said, but I think it's I don't think the Ghanaian dream is necessary. People wanting to leave the country and not coming back. I think um, people have a dream. They they yearn for something to succeed in life. You know to cater for their family. Most people that leave eventually in the long run, they come back. So I think it's just that maybe some people don't see like opportunity um, currently in the country for them to achieve or materialize their dream. So I think they just, people see the opportunity, um, the possibility of greener pastures somewhere. You know, I think back in the days, even there has been ex- exoduses to even places like Nigeria, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s, people to see greener pastures. It's not like anybody wants to go to Nigeria currently. <laughs> I mean, not this to Nigeria. <laughs> not this to Nigeria, but I mean, the point is... Apologies to... No, I mean, the point is, we, I mean, we... The Ghanaian wants, um, they're looking for a way to succeed, you know, to get a better life, um, to be able to feed their family, feed themselves, you know. But um, uh, it's like, unfortunately, the 
the conditions in the country is not very ripe for that. So people see greener pastures somewhere. So not necessarily that people want to leave the country. They just want to succeed and they don't see much opportunity in the country currently to succeed. So I think that the Ghanaian dream might be a little bit com- complex, a little bit laid back. I mean, the Ghanaian is not that very, you know, so much of a go-getter. I think if they have like the basic needs um, satisfied, they are okay. Um, then maybe later they can be able to dream or creating more and making, you know, their situation better. But unfortunately, the country doesn't provide the conditions for that dream to be to be actualized. Um, I think that's the situation we are in currently. That's why we see a lot of people wanting to leave the country but did, did and stuff. You, did you catch any Ghanaian dream when you were doing that? Um, I seen... I mean, we all had dreams when we were growing up. I mean... We all have stuff we wanted to do, but you know, when you grow up and you try to do those things, reality sets in and <laughs> you realize where you are. I mean, <laughs> and it's, it's you know, those dreams kind of, you know. No, I mean, as uh, like in the Ghanaian contest, not necessarily even like your personal dream. I mean, the Ghanaian contest, what Ghanaian dream did you associate with? I mean, I, I think I could take it from, you know, from where we got our independence, you know, um, where you could see videos and pictures and, you know, images from back then from TV that, you know, we are going to have a better future. Mm-hmm. Like things are going to be good for the country. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> where, you know, some of the Ghanaian <laughs> dreams stem from. Like people were dancing. We've gotten rid of our colonial masters. Mm-hmm. We've, we've gotten political freedom and we would, you know, in turn get economic freedom. Yeah. I mean, for some time, I think um, listening to the stories back then from our parents and stuff, some of those dreams were being actualized, but, you know, things tend to, I saw, and um, yeah, it's kind of seems to be downhill um, from there onwards. So yeah, I think that was some of the dream that we had from the independence era as Ghanaians. Okay, cool. Uh, I think for me, uh, what I usually saw as the Ghanaian dream was probably uh, get a good job or if you're starting a business yes, start a cool business you don't don't I don't I don't think I ever had dollars or even millions of dollars in my house or around me no just make good money I'm sure everybody knows the cities nobody talks about dollars mm-hmm. and you do your best you probably build a house maybe at most four bedroom no don't think about story building I mean, it can be like, <laughs> can be like some low key. Room. It shouldn't. It shouldn't even be the four bedroom. Shouldn't be by any size. So if if you can divide the room into four bedroom, that's that's cool. Your kids are going to so called international school. Once you grow up, you realize that like your international school, some extent wasn't far from government school, but it's okay. You can. Your parents have tried. I mean, yeah. Did we, Ghanaian dream, do they even have cars? Probably if you can afford taxi car, yeah. Yeah, big money. We, I don't see, we, we're, not, we're not bothered about cars. It was just the home, the work, being able to feed yourself and your family. So nobody will come and like talk against you or say yeah. anything against you. And nobody has to insult you for you begging. Mm-hmm. I, don't, we, I don't think we con- was commonly considered, car was car a common consideration. Uh, to some extent, I mean, you have to to move to be able to move around and things okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. But also in the niche, in the national context, I think most of what we want to see 
are mostly what let's say in chroma or whatever drive yes most, getting that's yes. like building factories giving you systems and you yes. working there yes yes that's that's a providing so, an enabling environment so that means even there wasn't like really like an entrepreneurial mind in that system it was no. more of like yeah uh politicians to build yes. our leaders to build and we work we yeah. are okay we can pay yeah. tax whatever and move on yes and get like free things and all that yeah. okay so i mean that's the general Ghanaian dream um i don't know if i think right now like for any young person probably things have changed significantly changed yes. significantly changed i'm not sure do you, i'm not sure people are even but really will consider getting a job like some dream dream Will probably be like getting some level, some kind of jobs, and then some kind of so like. I think right now, we've we've moved to the level that we are very specific, mm-hmm. very choosy, mm-hmm. and we know like what we want without thinking of working forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the shortest possible time most, for most people. For most people, yeah, for most people, for most people. But I also agree, definitely, not everyone like sometimes has this opportunity. So dreams are in in, in stages, which Puga said I agree with that. That sometimes until you get to achieve a certain dream <clears throat> you never know like there's another level oh, no, so you, you just discover you just discover you just yeah. discover so that's also like not a bad thing so yeah that's, that's Putin, so with this background of i mean we establishing as Ghanaians that i mean these are the type of faces of Ghanaian dreams yeah. can we put it into co- into context as in what is the Ghanaian founder's dream so uh for me i even think the Ghanaian um, founder, to to be honest, um, rather than trying to get financial reward, there's some. Of, I mean, I, I want to read. Let me even read some of the. Yeah. The, yeah. The, so we asked for set some opinions, some dreams from certain founders, and let me start with one here. It says, "I mean, this is an anonymous founder." To be honest, other than trying to get financial reward, I'm really hoping to be able to transform the African economy in my own small way. It may seem counterintuitive, considering how the government, but business and risk takers are responsible for some of the biggest changes in developed economies. We need more people disrupting value chains to increase competition and drive efficiency. We don't have enough of this, and that's why we stay in this. We stay the same. If the government can get out of the way and only come in when things are not fair to the people. When things are not fair to the people, Africa will, will make much more headway. The attitude of the people needs to be driven by better production and efficiency. This is my own small dream for Africa. Change of the people. The people need to want. The people need to want it to for this to happen. Yeah. So that was that was like one founder's um, goal or dream. Yeah. I think the the key highlight for me will be one attitude of the people. To government getting in the way, yeah, getting out of the way, getting out of the way. Yeah, so they're in the way now. Yeah, yeah, they're in the way now. They're in the way, so you, they should get get the hell out of it. So, um, I don't think government necessarily needs to. I think they need to be um in the way. I mean, probably they they needs to be on the genuine that's facilitating. You know, um, the process. They need to put in law. I mean. Providing some capital support and other stuff, infrastructure support. So um, you, you wouldn't necessarily want the government to get out of the way because um, they need to facilitate their ecosystem and provide a lot of support to the ecosystem. So 
we should be rather working in tandem with them to try and, you know, uh, make this dream a success. So, yeah, I think we need the governments on board making good policies and laws and also providing infrastructure and also other supports, you know, monetary wise, you know, probably cuts in taxes for entrepreneurs and other stuff. So, yeah, I think we, we definitely need the governments. All right. So, uh, yeah. The, the thing about attitude also, I think in Terry, Terry Afram's TED talk, he mentioned something about the perception that we have, like, when you try to do something new here, most people will say, here in Ghana, we don't do these things. They don't work here. So by default, I mean, you are being discouraged to try something new. And I think a change, a little change in attitude, being open to experience new things, especially paying for new things, or not even paying, encouraging people to try new things and not letting our default be, Charlie, this be Ghana, letting it not go work, making not try out. Yeah. I even think for you to even have a founder's dream, you are probably, you are bigger than the Ghanaian dream or you are achieving more than is expected from the Ghanaian dream. Because the Ghanaian dream is to, yeah, get something, bring you money, definitely like a job, a work. But for you to think of oh, me creating something for it to be a benefit to people and the nation and to some extent like the continent, that's like really a founder's dream. And if we, we are to side that with someone like Kwame Nkrumah, that's like the actual dream. Not just getting independence for Ghana mm. or for himself, yeah. but getting independence for Ghana and the whole of Africa. Yeah, even trying, using our resources to help other African countries to exactly. gain independence. Exactly. And that's like kind of like an entrepreneurial leader let me say that because right. he, he's thinking beyond himself he's thinking beyond his country is thinking beyond just west africa and he's thinking of getting like the whole continent so that dream itself it's an unconventional dream to a Ghanaian. i think if if there's anyone like out there uh, who considers himself a founder or and starting something building something i just want you to know that like you are yeah, you are one of the few people trying to do like good extraordinary step, and that's that's great. I mean, you're admirable. We should. Sure cool. So we'll, we'll take the next one, the next audio that we got. Okay. Hi, my name is Achisi Kanku, and I'm the co-founder of Esports Africa News and um, Esports Africa Tournament. I also have other startups, including Tema Esports Club and um, a partner with Gigs Game City, an esports tournament operator. Um, I thought about having a startup or founding something based in Ghana has always been um, inspired by seeing other people do things and the idea of doing what you love and love what you do. Um, with esports, my aim or one of the aims will be to be able to provide opportunity for myself to do something I love to do, as well as others to grow an ecosystem which is sustainable and profitable. So hoping that generations after me will latch onto the bandwagon and um, also 
promote, develop the space and make it more sustainable. Yeah, so, um, that was um, Atum. Yeah, from Afri, Afri, was it Afri Vivo? Esports, something esports, esports yeah, esports. So, yeah, what do you pick from it? So, I think for, I believe there are two types of Ghanaians. <laughs> they are us here, and then there are those in the diaspora. Yeah. For most most of the Ghanaians in the diaspora, I mean, their their dream is to come back home and make impacts, and then most importantly, they do something that they love, and then see what they are doing, create opportunities for people. And I think it's, it's also a very valid dream. Uh, I'll go back again to the TEDx talk. Uh, Terry Terry Frimpons, I mean, his dream was to come back to Ghana, do stuff. He came work with Jumia Foods. Did great impact there, increase their revenues exponentially. That's his dream, which is a which is a very valid, a valid dream. And then we also, I mean, we also encourage a lot of, I mean, the diaspora coming down here, supporting, creating an enabling environment one. Also, I mean, helping, helping people any way that they can in respect to building companies here and there. So I think it's 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 also a great point that he made there. Sure. Uh, for me too, one of the things I picked up is the whole idea of possibilities. I think um, the Ghanaian founder wants to experience the possibility he sees in other places. So like, even uh, not even those Ghanaians who have traveled abroad or who, have, who are in the diaspora, but even Ghanaians locally, sometimes the, you come across like a business, um, a kind of life, and you just imagine that, what way can we do it here? What way can, like, can we recreate this? And that's what I see um, Achu, Achu, right? Yeah. Um, talking about or sharing. Because for most people, you are not even, you are not even doing it because you just want to experience it. Sometimes you have already experienced it. But you're thinking of it, how can I make like millions of Ghanaians have the same experience? How, how can I make like millions of Ghanaians buy food with their phone? How can I make millions of Ghanaians have more opportunities even yeah. beyond Ghana? And I think that's one of the things that the current Ghanaian founder has in his... Drives, drives them. Drives them or has in mind. I think for... There are a number of companies that got started in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's people travel outside the country, go experience something and they like, why, why isn't something like this working down here? And then why, how can we impact people or how can people also experience things like that? Yeah, yeah. let me... Then I'll go with the third sound. Hello, y'all. I hope you're doing good. Um, my name is Kwabna I'm the founder of AfroVivo, uh, based here in Ghana. Um, so one of the things that I think the Ghanaian um, founder will have always wanted, or building in Ghana, that one of the dreams that we, we wish would have been in place was the access to funds, right? Compared to going outside Ghana. When you go outside Ghana, there are lots of funds which are accessible for. And then if there was the same thing in Ghana, I think it would have helped us build most efficiently. Because currently, most of us are just bootstrapping businesses which needs funds, but can't end so. Then a Ghanaian dream is always, um, it's always there to build something creative, to build a platform which helps creators and then um, creatives um, connect to their fans, sell their podcasts and all those kind of things. It's very, it's something that we are building. But one of the things that we wish could have been in place was the market 
accepting the product rather than outside because for instance with our brand we realize most of our target market we are in Ghana most of our target markets are based in the UK and Nigeria and South Africa as so we realize the market really doesn't accept the product until the product becomes big right and the second thing is their funds and then um, the kind of way that it takes for Ghanaian founders to register their businesses here Charlie, it's a whole lot so I think these are some of the things that every Ghanaian founder would have loved to have access to like easily and would have loved to um, do if it's possible like there should be something like that for us yeah all the best in your podcast by the way my name is Mohine Kwamnai founder of Afrovivo once again yeah so uh you heard from the founder of Afrovivo. What did they do? So they allow like creators to sell their products, yeah, their products to other people. So um, um, it's like this US company. I've forgotten. It's like Kickstarter. It's not Kickstarter, but there's this other company. Even those on YouTube, they use them. Twitch. No, not Twitch. They use them to like sell their. Petrol. Like Patreon, something like Patreon, but that one is more for like products. I don't want to say seller, seller from Nigeria, S E L I L E R. So like maybe your content, some products, some features. Like you as a as a content creator. Gumroad. Gumroad, Gumroad to this possible. Do, do you get it? Yeah. That's like for those. So let's say you're a content creator. You've you've done it like a merchandise. Let me see. I'm a YouTuber. I've done a T-shirt. I want to be selling, like selling. Or I'm a poet and I've done like a card some particular like cards to sell I do it um, I'm, a, I'm an author I've created like certain brands with my products then like I resell it I resell it so these are like some of the things yeah, they do and he mentioned that he realized like his beachhead market like his initial market or market that attracts that attracts are unfortunately like not the typical Ghanaian or they're not Ghanaians so one of the things he spoke about was markets attracting them. Noting that they get more like requests, more interest from like other countries, um, Nigeria, South Africa, UK, US. And yeah, I think I understand that that pain that the Ghanaian always wants to be like the last man joining the bus, like joining the moving bus. And it's it's difficult in the sense that like pioneering things or pioneering things in Ghana uh, is sometimes a challenge. I think Maybe I think it's, it's, it's part of the, like, the whole Ghanaian dream. We've been we've been placed at a position where like we are relaxed, so like things are saved. Realize that oh, everybody is now doing this, then we all jump on it. I think the Ghanaian market is comparatively smaller for certain products. Um, in in comparison, comparison. No, you don't need this adaptiveness. This is not no, like if you compare it to markets that the market that he mentioned, um, South Africa, Nigeria. Comparatively, it's it's smaller. I mean, there's some products that it would be better sold in Ghana as compared to some other markets like Gambia, Togo, you know. I think the, the Ghana market for some certain products is comparatively small. And um, so adoption of those products will be slower. I mean, it, you have better chances in other markets like Nigeria, South Africa, even Kenya, than when you compare to the Ghana market. So... I think it's it's something that people complain about that, you know, Ghanaians don't adopt certain stuff, but 
sometimes just the market is not there. Your market is not big enough. I mean, you could even get if even if it's not even if it's not big. I mean, the small that we have, the thirty-one million. Out of the thirty-one million, let's say we have even a million. Out of that million, people should be trying things out. People should be patronizing Ghanaian. And if Ghanian if you understand this product well. It's a product that let's say if a Ghanaian content creator is it's not for it's not the initial person is not even like the mass, no. it's the creator. The creator. You must say that okay, I want to sell this product, I want to sell this content, I want to sell this to the platform. I mean I've worked with creators before. Most of them like I mean they are very like reluctant. Especially if they've not seen it before. They want to ask like who is doing it, yeah, who is yeah, using yeah. it. It's Akodiaj. Or it's Afronita or like yes, they won't see that. But when it, it starts working, then everybody jump on. Like Patreon, for example. It's interesting realizing like the number of even our local people who are using like Patreon now. I mean, someone is like other models of Patreon to sell their content or interact privately with um, with with followers or their fans. If we, most of the people were not this, in fact, even those doing that, if you check, they're actually like pioneers. Mm-hmm. Someone like Jessica. Um, what's the name? Sorry. Paris Afro, Jessica Paris Afro. Like she was one of the people who pushed, who pushed like things like Patreon. Most of the people were just sharing content. Then maybe they get YouTube money, but there, there are other ways. So I don't know how I don't know how you can train the market to be to like innovations, to patronize innovations. I don't know if that's possible. What do you think? How do we train the market? I think the market is already trained, or maybe. We just have a we just have a thing or there's there's some level of doubt when it's attached with a Ghanaian. I mean, is it going to be something good? Maybe yeah. that kind of perception or that kind of laybackness is also an issue. Because uh, for a founder like Nashika, uh, according to him, when they launch their product in Ghana, they they are not getting the buzz enough. I mean, when they get when they get awards, they are widely celebrated, but okay. it doesn't bring new sign ups. Like, people are just happy. Wow. Oh, Nashika is there. Nashika is there. Mm. But when they went to Abidjan for just a week, according to him, they got incredible like wow. reception. Wow. Almost 600 people trying to sign up wow. in just a week. Wow. But in Ghana, when they win the awards, people are celebrating. Oh, now she can't stand it. But no, it doesn't convert, it doesn't convert it doesn't. to new signups. Uh, uh, I think he spoke about also like the need for like governments to also like support and how things are like difficult to be done locally. I think governments can also come in in the sense that they also try to position companies for global markets. Because if, let's say, a product like Afrivivo is being patronized by global markets, some of the things, I mean, it's difficult for government to know whether they are being patronized or not. But some of the things the government should be doing should probably see, okay, how do we make our companies stand at the global stage? Mm. For We announced complete farmers' race earlier on. And it's known, it's public knowledge that most of the buyers of complete farmers' products are not local people. Yeah. But access of how is government helping complete farmer to sell globally? Okay. In I mean, for countries like let's say Cuba, they've found a way of um, monetizing talents. Mm-hmm. They said that they can they can they can shape, I won't say shape, but let me use the word shape in quotes. They can ship doctors to your country and you pay them for it. Mm-hmm. We are in the tech space now, in the tech world now. People are shipping products, they are shipping services, they are shipping raw materials. The questions we should be asking ourselves, how can we make private people ship their products to other countries. Mm-hmm. I think it's high time we cut off on the, like, the gold, the copper, the tin. I, we've, like, we've done that. Uh, 
and it's funny we are still not experts at it because we always like have somebody stealing money from moving goods or something maybe it's high time government's position is of how can we support like products whether manufactured products tech products mm-hmm. sell to the global stage because sometimes if your, if your people don't have the money they have to bring the money in from somewhere yeah india is doing that with like um, tech talent i think gipc gipc also is doing that ghana the agency headed by yofi mr yofi grant i think they are doing oh, but what they do isn't more bringing like investment investment into yeah. the country then sometimes they do some few showcasing outside yeah. but this one i'm not talking about like gesture you're talking about like creating markets speaking to government to governments for example india and nigeria recently had like had some um, conference or partnership or conversations mm-hmm. and from that meeting it was obvious and um, paystack i say paystack flatter with <laughs> lunches and indian service from that meeting which i'm sure it's, it's been even happening behind the scenes but like all of a sudden you see the possibilities yeah. that are creating. Maybe it's high time governments stop this old G20, GS, AUS, and start doing like on country's country basis. Okay, what do we have that people in UK might need? Which people can we support? And it shouldn't be even government investment, government back. It can be just private people identifying them and introducing them. I know it's difficult because of like political affiliations and all that. But somebody mentioned, I mean, um, Elon Musk supported Trump to stand for elections. I mean, made it public. And before, after Trump's first term, Joe Biden comes in and he still gets award, like awarded an aeronautics like contract or space contract. Mm-hmm. That's, and there are a lot of people like in those situations, that's the like, policy doesn't define the whole country mm-hmm. or the business. It should be people it shouldn't be tagged by it shouldn't be tagged by like affiliation and all these yeah. things. I mean, if the person is bringing an impact to the country, it's massive. This millions of dollars complete farmer is bringing. Mm-hmm. How many, I, I, I don't want to say it, but how many even ministries are generating like some of these revenues? Even if they are, how many people are willing to pay? Is there like demand for it? Is mm-hmm. it is it something out of choice or is it out of compulsion? Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things. The government should be thinking of creating maybe two other or three other complete farmers. Exactly. Supporting some of these people. And I hope any, I mean, any politician listening, if they come, people are coming to your office to start startups and things, be more open to help rather than pushing them back. Because you don't lose anything if you you help them. If you push them back, probably you lose like a, a potentially successful company. I don't know how that deals with I don't know. Yeah. Pugas, yeah. Yeah. So I think we are trying to establish what the Ghanaian dream to some extent. Yeah, in the sense, the Ghanaian founders dream, in the sense that, I mean, we want an enabling environment where we can actually build and solve problems that, that we care a lot about. So which one has to do with, I mean, helping the government, helping create that environment where, I mean, we are not, opportunities are not given to people because of their political affiliations or you don't have to be connected to get opportunities, but there's a very a level playing field for almost everyone, provided you have a great idea, a great product, you can actually thrive. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I also think um, from the discussions, it's obvious the Ghanaian founder is not even like looking for money per se, because from all the, the inputs we've gotten, nobody really spoke about like, I want to make a million dollars. How to make a million dollars, like f- some $50 million, some billion dollars. You, you even realize like how 
I want to say composed or more of help, more of support some of these founders are looking to make mm-hmm. rather than like just make financial returns. So I think this is an is a, is a good one. Yeah, we should encourage it. Um, a, a few things that probably in comparison to other 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 countries or other people that have dreams. I'm sure like a few things could be we be more specific in some of our dreams mm-hmm. as well because if you want to help people, definitely you, even your kiosk can help someone. Your shaker will help someone. Your factory will help someone. But let's say if we are more specific that okay. We want, we want to help a million people, a billion people. We want to bring this number of things to existence, this kind of product impact the world in this way. Th- that, those kind of like specific things mm-hmm. can improve our outcomes yeah. to some extent and can make us very helpful. See, so when Puga, do you have any like final words on the Ghanaian uh, So I think we, we didn't talk about our personal dreams, so I'd like you to talk about yours. So <laughs> then we take it from there. Okay, so I think personal, personal founder's dream I'm, I'm, I'm more inspired. Uh, yes, the, uh, we've established that every most Ghanaian founders want to help. So definitely, we like, want to be of help to millions of people. For me, it's not just like Africa, probably because sometimes Africa, most of the Africans do not have like enough money. So even making money from there is difficult. But let's say being like more, going to more on a, on a global stage, because if you check some of the most successful people, successful people who we even hold in ice, their products affect like global standards, even from Africa to the world. I mean, if you talk about like the Dangotes, the Strive Masiwa, I mean, the founders of NASPA and all those things, they, they are global products. So for me, my aim is to build like a global product that touch billions of lives. In in some few years, Africa, we having, Africa alone, we have like billions of, a billion more people. So if I'm to target a billion people all over the world, I don't think it's much. I also want to make it like a good financial return. A minimum a billion dollars. I think I can manage that. It will not kill me. I can I can be of help more. I'm thinking of like a time where instead of government lending from IMF, they can see me and I'll lend them give them a good rate. <laughs> Even they can pay back. That would be like another thing. Yeah, and in and be of help to as many as many people. Also make our country like a good place that people want to come in here, work here, stay here, spend money here. That's all. Yeah, that's it for me. Probably. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm, do I have a Ghanaian dream? Founder's dream. Founder's dream. So I think for me, uh, if there's one thing I care about a lot is, uh, I'm a young person, but I care about a lot, young people a lot, in the sense that in my dream, I think every young person graduating from the university should have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they can't have a job, there should be an, an, an environment where they can start businesses. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I actually dream of. I mean, hoping to see and then uh, young people should be skilled enough that, I mean, they know they are left from their right. They are right. They are well, they understand the times and seasons in which we are. And then they have better goals and better dreams. And we are not just looking at uh, chasing the next, the next, uh, what's it called? The next, uh, oh, number one's company. Men's good. The next men's good to make quick money. Yeah, no, we, are, yeah. we are well informed yeah. financially that we know bad investments from afar. Like exactly. that's my, that's well, in the nutshell what my Ghanaian dream is. And I mean, I also want to make some money here and there. How much? How much? I don't have a number in mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. I don't have a number in mind, but okay. I mean, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> Mine would be, I mean, there are a lot of um, problems on the continent, a lot of issues. 
So I think my, my dream is to, you know, in the next couple of years, try to contribute meaningfully to solving some of these problems um, using, you know, tech, of course, um, technology to, you know, as the tool to power um, some of these solutions to the numerous problems that we, we have. It could be, I mean, financial literacy or, you know, improving people's standard of living. Um, so, yeah, my dream is to, in the next couple of years, contribute to um, meaningfully to solving some of these problems. Then probably from there, you know, try and create something nice on top of it. You know, after you solve problem, you create something nice and, you know, um, also make a couple of bucks out of, you know, doing it. What is the something nice on top? <laughs> How much? How much? How much? Yeah. Oh, um... I don't know, but you know, I don't want too much. You can give money. a range. Enough money. Is it was enough money? Just for a couple it? of millions. It's, it's not that bad. In, in tens of millions or hundreds of USD millions. USD. Yeah, tens or hundreds. A couple. I don't know. It could be hundreds, tens. It could be yeah, maybe a hundreds. It's, it's hundreds will be good. Yeah. All right. Make it on. Yeah. So basically, that's 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 my dream. As a Ghanaian founder. Okay, great. So uh, you felt like the founder's dream, the Ghanaian founder's dream. I'm sure you, you have as, aspirational, exceptional ones and you need to have it. You having that to give me to stand out. I wish you all the best. If you have any opportunities to share this week. Okay, so um, this week we have, we don't have much opportunities. We don't have opportunities to share. So if you get any opportunity, you can share with us. You can also um, follow us on all socials, building bikes and reach out to us anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you have a if you have a Ghanaian founders dream, you can share it on with us on Twitter using hashtag Ghanaian founders dream. Yeah. All the best. See you. Bye.